Hello, everybody. This is not the ninth time we're doing this intro. Welcome to Sean and Lydia Happy Hour. We hope you have a cold beverage to join us for this happy hour. And whatever time you're listening to it, we're coming at you from Des Moines, Iowa. Studio Easy Peasy. Cheers, m'lady. Cheers. Masseur. <laughs> I am not wearing a fedora. Or I am, for the listeners playing at home. So this week, Lydia and I are going to explore something that has been top of mind for us for a full year, because today is March 13th, 2020, breaking the fourth wall. And it is one year from our last party before we went into isolation for the full year. So Lydia, can you give us a preface of what we're going to get into today? Yeah, so I think everyone's aware of the obvious things that we've lost this year. Lives, hobbies, uh, people have lost their jobs. But what about the unspoken and unseen losses of the pandemic, right? Um, Something that I've been thinking a lot about over the past couple of months, and you and I have talked about a lot. So we'd really like to take this episode today to explore how family tension and friendship breakups have compounded the grief and reshaped our post-COVID world. Wow, well said. You couldn't have said that any better the other eight times that we did that (laughs) cold intro. So good, good job setting the preface there. Thank you very much. Just some numbers uh, just some thoughts to bring at you. Lydia has a good framework of things to discuss. We're all going to speak very service level because it it's affects everybody differently. And I think that's like a lot of what we're going to be getting into today. I mean, her and I have had to isolate from all friends, all family members. We're talking her, her grandma and grandpa. We're going down to my family, you know, like, Right. It's been extreme to massive levels, and that's our choice. And then that's another thing we would like to explore eventually, too, is the choices that you make. I mean, and that you have to be understanding and sympathetic to everyone else's individual and unique choices that they make throughout this last pandemic. So it's it's crazy to think we're at a year. Um, Very much excited to get to the normalcy uh, with President Biden announcing that May 1st, all adults will be able to get a a vaccine if they want one. And I just was reading some numbers right before the podcast today that we're at 20 percent, 20 or 22 percent of the U.S. has been vaccinated. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cheers (laughs) to that, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your cold beverage. Like I said, 2.2 million a day. So that's 10, 12 million a week Mm -hmm. if we're just even doing weekdays, you know, and we know all these workers in the frontline healthcare workers thank you very much for all your sacrifices we know you're working more than just five days a week right very often uh we even have friends of the show that are doing putting themselves first for us so shout out to friends of the show right yeah i think when the vaccines first started being rolled out a lot of people were saying this is the light at the end of the tunnel, but I truly feel today like it is the light at the end of the tunnel finally, because then there were so many hiccups and didn't really feel like it was ever even going to happen. Like we just heard all these horror stories about the rollout and it seems so unfathomable, right? Like we even had friends, our teachers, for example, that still hadn't even gotten their first vaccine. Like just, you're even seeing essential workers. They haven't been vaccinated because the rollout was kind of botched at first. Yeah. Um, so, but now today, like when I'm looking around and I'm seeing friends, um, you know, for example, Becca, who's a teacher in Denver, she's fully vaccinated. She was on episode zero for everyone listening at home. Right. Gail, she's a healthcare worker. She's a nurse. She's fully vaccinated. Um, Audrey Smithson, she's vaccinated. She's a dance instructor. So when you start to see your 
your friends become vaccinated, it really starts to feel real. Even if they are essential workers, it feels like, okay, this is going to start to trickle down and we're actually getting somewhere. So I truly mean that when I say it actually feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. now versus just the like fake light at the end of the tunnel at first that kind of <clears> felt <throat> like uh, um, pretty anticlimactic, I guess, at first. Right. Exactly what you're saying is that, I mean, we're at the point now where if you do have a, a some sort of pre-diagnosed thing that you can get vaccinated like i said biden said five one is the date for all the other people out there so where do we go from here you know like we're at we have a lot of things we need to repair you and i specifically but we don't have to stay on some specifics but there's a lot of people out there that are feeling like okay well uh, i have to jump into the deep end you know i have right. to where do we, how, how, where how do, do you we start pick up exactly yeah. because and that's one of the things we want to talk about today is that, and for many friend groups, it's not, it, we are not in the minority. You, If you do just one search online, you know, to try to understand how other friends are like dealing with this and what the repercussions are with family and friends and the implications that a whole year of isolation, some people isolating, some people not, some people choosing certain people to be in their bubbles, some people choosing others. That's just sort of the way that it happens. So where does that leave people who had slightly larger friend groups or right. even any friend group at all? Because it doesn't matter how big the friend group is. You could have had a group of five people and two of those people um, had certain philosophies about it and the rest of them had different philosophies about it. And then now that that friend group's not really together anymore. Yeah, and this yeah. is not... Well, they haven't been for a full year. So what do you do? You Physically pull and mentally, though. Sure. So, I mean, let's stop at the... Let's start at the top of the quarantine isolation where we were... Specifically, friend groups around the world, we saw a huge boom in Zoom, you know, like a huge amount of people were turning to video chats, either, either FaceTime, Skype, Zoom. And I think you have a good point here, Lid. Right. So in the beginning, there was more dialogue, right? There was tons of virtual hangs, lots of text messages, group texts. But as the pandemic drug on... You know, people grew tired of always saying, I miss you and I can't yeah. wait to see you again. It's I mean, so, you can it's, only. It's you, not empty, but it's like, what does that even mean at a certain point, right? It's not empty. It's just fatigue. It, it's not that you don't mean it. It's just how many more times are we going to say this? Like, well it, it's not frustration with the other person or anyone else. It's frustration with the state of the world that you can't change. You do want to see these people and it hurts. Yeah. And you're fucking tired, man. Yeah. Like people are fatigued, they're burnt out. They're working from home, they're isolated, they never go anywhere, you know, but maybe to see like a couple people maximum. They're they don't get to do any of the things that they used to be able to do. At at some point it just gets tiresome. Like why like we're not going to keep scheduling Zoom and, and things. People are depressed, people are tired, people are just trying to wake up and live each Right. And, every day. and we're talking the first few months, well put. Thank you for that. May or March through like May, June, right? You know, right before your birthday, Memorial Day. And then we get to a point where it's like you can have gatherings outdoors of 10 people. So then it's like you got to pick and choose. Like I don't want to pick and choose who I can, who I can't or like you know what I mean? So it gets to a point where it's like, then you're going to be hurting feelings, stepping on hearts. Like, it's not fun. No. And it almost makes you feel, I think a lot of people feel like, well, I'm just not going to do it then at all. Because, yeah. Because I would rather, I would rather just hang out with, like, for example, like Mitch was just sort of a part of our bubble. And frankly, it's just easier just to have Mitch over and just the three of us hang out, then invite a couple more people and then have it be like a thing where you're hurting other people's feelings and like putting potentially putting people at risk. Right. So I think a lot of people were just faced with like a painful choice of 
do I want to see these people, but I don't want to hurt other people. And I also don't know if I, that's even the right choice for my community. We, you know, at first we didn't even know for sure, like how this was really being spread. Frankly, like we were, we were wiping down groceries. Oh my gosh. Was that crazy? <laughs> we used like all of our wet wipes and wet wounds to like wipe down our like groceries and produce and of course right. rinse it off. I it's, mean, people didn't understand. Right. right. And, and even outside, I don't know if anyone even fully, it wasn't really fully understood. Like, is it just when someone's sick, even you know, like we didn't understand. Even and, the kingpin of understanding this. Dr. Fauci, who I turned to, of course, you and I as the North Star and during this whole situation, he was even out there being like, I saw a lot of parallels between this and the AIDS epidemic, which is he got, I listened to a great interview with him uh, a few months ago, but he got the AIDS epidemic wrong. He was very much bullish on the incorrect stance until he took the dialogue from the gay community, from everybody, and he actually listened and learned. And he was saying, he was drawing parallels. He was saying that we don't know what's going on. We don't know how to really fight this virus and how it spread, you know, like wearing a mask. And now he's saying wearing two masks. It's just like, there's so we're taking the CDC's recommendations, Dr. Fauci. Of Wait, course. you're wearing a mask? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother. That's like a political stance right mm-hmm. there for some people. I mean, very much a lot of confusion in the uproar of it all and the upheaval, right? Exactly. So point being is that one year later, regardless of if things were getting better, I would still feel more comfortable branching out this summer because I understand it better than I did last summer. Like last summer, I didn't even feel like, should I even be having like even a couple friends in my backyard? Like it just felt like I didn't even know what to do. So a lot of people listening, some people listening may be like, what the heck? Why are you so scared? And that's that's the whole point is that people are looking at everything differently, right? We were looking at things very different than other people in the in. In the world. Right. Some people take one stance and some people take another. Right. Some people are like somewhere in between. And some people got infected and got through it with just a minor cold, you know? Right. And some people got infected, even a young person, they still can't taste. So it's just, I'm not, it's not like, I I will admit that be that I don't want to, I want to say I'm not afraid of it, but I, I think I'm ready to admit and say, I guess I am afraid because I have built a lot of anxiety around it at this point, especially the closer and closer we get to this like finish line point. And now that we're, we're finally like almost there. I, yeah, I do have a little bit of a paranoia, especially now because I'm just like, dude, I've made it this far. I don't want to like, look, can we just keep it that way? You know, we're doing the best. Like we have really done our best. Like we, in the beginning, we just made some choices that we were going to stick to. Um, Principles. Many people probably don't know. We actually live next to my mom, who's over 65. We share a driveway. We share a driveway. <laughs> like, so, we're you know, so close that she can leech off our Wi-Fi if she yeah, wants. <laughs> right. We're, we're pretty close, both physically and like we see her very often. And even though at points in the pandemic, we were trying to, because again, we didn't know how this was spread. We just weren't confident about a lot of things, especially there in the beginning. Even at the, you know, during those times, we were especially even being a little bit cautious. But the point being is that from the very beginning, we had to consider how our actions would impact her. Yeah. And she's over 65. She's immune compromised. Smoker. And she's a smoker. So that was of utmost importance to me. And then other things beyond that 
are, yeah, I don't know for sure how how would it impact me. Of course, the st- statistically speaking, you and I would be perfectly fine, but we don't know that for sure. And then third, there were very high points of ICU patients. I mean, hospitals that were overrun, our healthcare workers who were, who were overworked. And I'm seeing that firsthand, right? Because uh, my best friend, Gail, um, shout out Gail. Friend um, of the show. Yeah, she's a healthcare worker. So I'm like, wit- I'm hearing things and I'm witnessing things firsthand from her and seeing like, you know, eyes to the ground, you know, real time information. So I have uh, maybe like a different respect for it and I can see it. So all these things considered, we were like trying to do our best from what we thought. We we're just doing our best, Again. right? For the community, we thought, okay, we're just going to follow what what we're being told, honestly, because it just makes it a little bit easier. It, it lets me rest easy knowing that I'm just kind of, quote, doing my best. Like, I don't know what else to do. We don't know anything about this. All I can do is follow, like, the safest guidelines that I'm being told, right? Yeah, the other side of the aisle, the flip side, devil's advocate, whatever you want to call it, they're saying this is fear, this is paranoia of, of you know, of the situation. But again, you take in your inputs. You take in the information that you take in and you that's what you decide what to do with it. And your, you know, your mom even for a few, the first few months thought she had COPD. You know, she had a really awful cough. So we're on top of that, we got Mitch, who we we had in our bubble right from the get go. Uh, a few other people, but Mitch, who has his mother, who stays with him all the time. You know, so it just comes down to like you got to have those principles in the beginning, like you were saying. You got to have those principles, and you got to lay down with them, and you got to sleep with them at night, and you got to understand like. That's that's what we're going to use to going forward. And I'm very much like even getting personal with myself. I'm out of sight, out of mind, you know, like it's hard to pay attention to everything in the world. Very ADHD in that way, uh, undiagnosed. But like, yeah, out of sight, out of mind with like relationships and just I don't see these people. I used to see them every week in an up down or like I used to see certain people, you know, and it's like, fuck, now I don't excuse my language. But uh, Lid. <laughs> Segue us back into your next point because you've got a great uh, framework for us today. I think, you know, we've kind of laid out what a lot of people's philosophies were from the beginning there. It was simpler and seemed safer for their personal circumstance just to just basically follow textbook what we're being told to do to contain the pandemic. And so that's kind of the framework that we went by. I'm certainly not suggesting that we didn't deviate from that sometimes. Although when we did deviate, it was very calculated and it did not come without anxiety. Did you ever feel like, (laughs) yeah, totally. And I guess I never really gotten a chance to think about this and ask you personally, um, even though we've talked about this for a full year, just you and I, and maybe a Mitch here and there, but Did you ever think that the ground rules that we laid for the four times or whatever it was that we were in a group of more than just you and me and Mitch and maybe your mom once here and there. Did you ever think that those ground rules, those principles we set forth, which was isolate before, do your best not to even encounter another person uh, besides who you live with in your home and get tested? Do you think that that ever was like overbearing to the few people we did see? I'm sure that it was. And in in retrospect, I mean, it's clear that there are many things that you and I probably could have done different through this. But I just keep coming back to, I think, each and and I mean this for each and every person, not Sean and I, that we were just really genuinely doing what what we thought was best in the time with an unprecedented, crazy circumstance and year that we're dealing with and like threat. So we we really just were doing our best we with the yeah. knowledge that we had and trying to keep the people around us safe. So it seemed to it, it it seems to help like weed out 
poor choices if you're going to all be in a group <laughs> if you like talk about it ahead of time and be like hey i'm going to do this i'm yeah. doing this we're getting tested whether everyone got tested or did exactly or that. one person in the house did and then the other right. couldn't get make it because of work and that's another thing like we're in an industry of a nine to five essentially you and i right whether it's financial insurance or whatever. Uh, but we're in a work from home environment, nine to five, again, just to retread some ground. And other people that we see have to deal with customers direct. You know, we have to work in a building with hundreds, if not a dozen other people, right? So yeah, a or they're in the service industry and their Sur- job yeah. their job really never stopped. So I can definitely I can definitely empathize with the fact that, hey, I'm already out here like nothing's shut down anymore. I'm just expected to live my life and go back to work and just be face to face with the Karen in the restaurant or whatever who wants to come out to eat. And so what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to go home and isolate and then punish myself. Like I have to be out here for eight, eight hours a day exposing myself to all these strangers who are coming into whatever my bar, my Which restaurant. Which is anxiety nerve wracking enough in itself. Exactly. Can you imagine? I need to go let loose. Okay. I just spent nine hours with no. 400 people coming into my place I wouldn't of work. be. Oh, and then you're going to expect that person to go home and isolate. I, exactly. I, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. I don't blame a person like for one second for then being like, I'm going to go and have a couple drinks with my friends now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll mean, sit at the back of the bar, but I will get a couple drinks and I will do some dance moves on the floor. You right. Know, like, and also it like trains your brain to just think about it differently. So you have like so, just so many different groups of people who had to deal with this in different ways and just kind of dealing with it as best as possible. However, like with that said, no one wants to feel like their choices are bad during a pandemic. So when you have like a group of friends who some of them are just there have the luxury of working from home and they can pretty much isolate. And then you have other people who are like in between. And then you have other people who are just straight up. No, I'm like a kind of essential worker. My job never stopped. Like I'm expected to be out here and working. And then you and then the other people may come because of what they're choosing to do and continue to stay isolated. It may come off as like condescending to the people who did decide to go out for a drink with their friends after their job where they're already required to be out. Because, you know, the people who are isolated choosing to not participate, it can seem like a personal insult to the other yeah. person. Well, yeah, it's easy to take everything personal in this We've never experienced this. We haven't for a hundred years as a nation, as a world, right? So it's so easy to take everything personal. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just mean nobody wants to be made to feel like they're doing something immoral. They're worth less. They aren't as valuable as another soul. It's not valuable. I just mean that their their choices are they're bad. They're doing something wrong to the community, but that it's not personal. Like people had to make their own choices through this thing. And all of us were unfortunately, some of us like forced to like, not forced, but some of us had to continue to make our livings through our career, which meant that we had to be out in the public. Yeah. And some of us had again had the luxury of being at home. Yeah. Because All they have a different career. And being safe, you know, like as is a luxury. Exactly right. Like it's, I, yeah, exactly. We were already working a nine to five that was able to send their employees home with some work equipment to work from home. And there's a lot of people out there that were working the exact opposite of the spectrum. And I commend you for going through that because that's a whole nother wave of anxiety we already had enough anxiety going to a damn grocery store once every two to three weeks right and we're talking about friends family everybody in between that had to deal with the other side of the spectrum yeah can i just ask the audience how many shots do you take before you go to the grocery store yeah we're a double shot family (laughs) before we go to costco so you know that's how we keep it real two three 
friend of the show, Luis, every time we were about to go to Costco, he's like, oh, I, can't, I know you're going to Costco. You're about to have some fun. Oh, I can't wait to do that with you. One time he sent me a message. Shout out, Luis, man. I love you. I miss you. Uh, one time he sent me a message. He's like, dude, my dream day would be to go to Costco and get some hot dogs with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, brother. Woo-hoo. Yeah, for sure. So, Lid, uh, you've got, like I said, a great framework for us to kick off this discussion and keep flowing solidly. Uh, what do you got else for us? Well, I'm just th- I'm just thinking about how. So then there's a media narrative, right, of blaming the people who are out and about for grandma dying. Wait, do you watch Fox News, CNN? You know, it's like what? Are you get, how are you? Getting <laughs> it doesn't matter any media. I What's mean, your daily <laughs> toxic vi- vitamins, right? You know, like- so it's basically putting the blame on anyone who is going out and about and not abiding by that, right? And so then when you have people who are, like I said, in those in those professions where they don't have a choice, and so they are out and about, and then they might go have a drink or whatever to blow off steam with their friends afterwards, rightfully so, then it creates a rift between those people and the people who are isolating because then it creates like, do they think I'm bad? Do they think I'm bad? Do, do they, they think, think I'm, I'm bad? Them? Right, exactly. And it and it creates this rift and anger, confusion, frustration grows. We're not able to see each other face to face to remind people that we're still here. We're no we- longer Zooming on the weekends. We're right. no longer doing anything because we're, like you said, the top of the show. I think you've really well thought this part, whole conversation. I commend you on that. Go right. Ahead. So you don't have um, the healing, forgiving time because you never get to see these people face to face because everyone is kind of on their path of the pandemic and what their their level of risk that they're willing to take or their level of risk that they have to take. And so it just creates a bigger rift between people because I'm never being able to like see anyone face to face and remind them that I'm still here and remind them that I care. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's been a really emotional year, so I'm sorry I'm getting a little choked up, but it I think all of us can feel this deep down in our hearts. We've got and- a we've got a great selection of beverages out here at, <laughs> in Studio Easy Peasy. We've got Corona premieres because we're keeping those carbs a little light, at least in the morning here. Uh, we've got some Prosecco. So Lydia, go, and we got some water too. <laughs> we got some tissues as well, babe. So uh, go ahead and take pick your poison or, you know, take a moment I if you think need that, to. I think that I just speak for a lot of people that are out there right now who have felt the rift between them and another friend or themselves in a friend group or whatever it may be. And I just think there's been so much confusion this year and everyone at the end of the day was just trying to make their best decision for themselves. And I think what we really need to practice right now is just forgiveness and grace and understanding. Grace. Because we fucking made it. Yeah, we're there, baby. <laughs> we're almost there and we made it. And I, I think everyone just was trying to do their best, you know? We're in the fourth quarter. Well, many of our friends have been vaccinated once, twice. Uh, many are getting vaccinated here in the coming weeks. We are in the fourth quarter. We are there, babies. You know, take a moment to thank yourself and be show yourself some grace, but also show the ones that you love and the ones that you've been with here uh, as well some grace and lead with love always because at the end of the day, what does any negative thoughts about however anybody else went through this whole thing alone or by themselves or with their own ideas and principles? How does that ever affect? Like, it, it's not anything personal. It's a decision that you have to make. So, uh, Thank you for that, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you had to get emotional there, but it, oh, it, you don't have to say sorry. It's been an emotional year, yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that everyone, 
I've cried <laughs> Everyone so should cry. Much. I mean, think about <laughs> So here's something that I, I actually had this down in my text to myself that I wanted to bring up after you, you know, you, you presented this idea for our first inaugural episode, which couldn't have been a better idea. Uh, but how, like, without even thinking of this that last year, let's think beyond this last year. Think about the year prior and so many emotions that happened just for us personally. You know, my sister died. A bunch of my best, like, close friends moved away. They moved to a different country or they moved to a different state. They bought a house. You know, I had a lot of those, that kind of, like, loss a sense of loss right and then we had the roller coaster moments of getting married and that is the one of the most beautiful it is the most my favorite weekend ever of my entire life you know every electric force combined times infinity and that was so beautiful i had every every person i love to death right in one area of the world <laughs> it was beautiful and then we go to our honeymoon that's a, tw- a 12 day ex- 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 amazing out in hawaii it's like i we're every day we're on the beach sipping and you know micro does and uh you know and i'm scuba diving and i'm like out here and i'm just catching rays and it's vitamin d and t- like all up and down and then all of a sudden we we have a good single month of of february and then we have like all these like a couple shows three four shows and then it's you know you're brought down to a level that you've never been you're in the sunken place you're you're you, like like you've been saying you know i really like the idea of like trying to remind the listeners or remind our audience um playing at home that like beginning was not great but like at least we had like a, a collective every weekend we get on a zoom or we'd we'd all have a dance party and you just have like the macbook like camera on uh, the living room you'd all yeah. be dancing to like a live stream because there's so many live streams talk about burnout yeah, there was a meme that I think really ca- encapsulated that. Like several months after the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, I missed the Tiger King stimulus check <laughs> part of the pandemic. Now it's just dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, February. That's right before. It's like all. we had like a three month like stint where it was actually just kind of funny and fun and exciting and like just kind of, you know, changing the way you lived and you know, dropping things off at your friends' houses, but yeah, waving yeah, yeah. at them from afar. Yeah, even like think about the moments where you had friends come out and drop off care packages. Think about the moments where those care packages included toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that was great. Shout out to all those friends out there that like made it a point to visit, but not visit, you know, drop off something for May Day or whatever it was, right? Right, but you know, several months into that, just the human psyche gets tired. Everything's canceled, especially for our friend group. Like, just to be specific, we thrive on events. Like, we love to go to live music together. That's our personality. That's our hobby. Right. It's a huge huge part of what brought us together to begin with. So, all of that's canceled. No music. No music festivals. We can't meet up, you know, out at a patio together this summer. Lid. Very good point to bring up, and thank you for that. Think about the... Think about the psychological effects on okay like then you start questioning was my relationship with them ever important uh because all we did was if no of course it was like of course you you, those moments those memories those those conversations i pull people aside and have like some of the best conversations of my life you know like you start questioning everything and like you get in your head and you get like depressed and you get upset with yourself and you get upset with everything. That is like exactly how this year has been. 
You know, like there's been so many powerful thoughts going through your head in a bad way, positive, negative, but like, gosh, it's just so much, it's unbearable at times. Right. And let's not talk about just friends though, because there's been a lot of tension as well. I know, especially with the Johnson side of the family, I will just say, because I think that we just had different kind of like philosophies about how we were going to go go about things and maybe you can speak to that a little bit yeah my sisters like be very front forthright with you and and open up to you listeners and which are many of which and most of being my family and friends anyway but my sisters got it early on like we're talking like right around father's day last year they got covid right so then you think in your head you you don't even like i i didn't even think about like the whole antibody thing like okay so then i have a solid month of seeing my family no i didn't even think about it like that i just thought about like god dang it like you put my dad at risk you know like my sisters got it one of my sisters lives with my dad you know and it's just it's so scary and like you get upset but then you can't really somebody makes one bad decision that's all it took all it took was not even a bad decision excuse me that's the wrong way to frame it you made one decision for yourself for your own self to because you are going through like something so extremely s- stressful you then you have it or then you are sick or then you are putting someone else at risk you might have infected john smith at the come and go when you got gas you know because you didn't know you had it you didn't have symptoms yet and it's just like it's such a ripple effect of stress and anxiety and uh, you gotta show grace you gotta lead with love you know it's happy hour baby so we're getting into it again we had to take a step away so yeah basically with the family stuff it's like we had a full year and we've Finally, you're at the tail end of it, but a full year of dealing with holidays, dealing with gatherings of families, you know, friendship gatherings are one thing, but families, like it's automatic. You, you got to see your nephew, you got to see your nieces and uncles, aunts, mom and dad, right? Cousins. Right. Some families understand and they just called everything off for the year and some families don't don't have that understanding. They just have a different take on it, a different philosophy. And then it, it ends up putting people at odds kind of, right? Because the people who are like, I'm trying to play it extra safe. I don't really feel comfortable with that. Then it makes it look like they don't care about their family or that they don't want to come out and take the time to like see family when really it's just a matter of safety and like what level of risk you're willing to take. And, you know, again, protecting the people around you, just like we kind of touched on at the, at the beginning. So it's just different people's philosophy, philosophies around it. But unfortunately it's created a lot of divides in families because there's some people, you know, just like it does with friends. There's some people who feel one way about it and there's some people who don't. And with family, it's almost even worse, right? Because with family, like you said, it's like, dude, you got to see your family. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what? You don't care about your family now? It's almost like family is more understanding until they aren't, until they can't be like this. Like friends are understanding to a point and then, you know, like, yeah, families, it's like drives it home. It's like, whoa, you didn't even see your family for Thanksgiving, you know? Right. Not that we all, we made, we bent the knee, you know, we made those sacrifices, you and I, when we didn't even think we wanted to or we could and we saw our family during uh, no uh, Thanksgiving and we saw our family, my family, I should say, not yours. Um, during well, Christmas. I mean, it's my family, but yeah. no, my side, <laughs> excuse me, my side. So and, and do you, I don't know if you remember, babe, but even after Thanksgiving, I got sick and I got, and then I, we heard that Tanner, my niece, she had rhinovirus, which is just like the common cold. And I, we went and got tested. Of course and I was negative, but like, I was just like for, that's like a whole nother different kind of anxiety, you know, right. like, Oh my God, I just went to this family gathering that they, there's 25 different articles on the New York Times in the week leading up to preceding 
Thanksgiving saying don't do, don't do, and then you do, and then you have a cold. So it's yeah, it's a whole nother can of worms, so to speak. But right, and on the flip side, my my family. I didn't see them. I've seen them hardly at all. I mean, my family, we didn't have any traditional gatherings. It wasn't even a question. There wasn't even like, should we do this? It, it wasn't even out there. So I just mean out there as an option. So every family is different. And I'm sure a lot of people. Across, Your family is much older as an average A lot average of people age. across the nation probably experience different, different levels of pressure and just differing situations. Like on one hand, you had situations I mean, situations that we, you and I both experience, we've experienced both situations is what I mean. Because on one hand, we have my, my side of the family, which is just like, yeah, we're just not going to get together. And on the other hand, we have your side of the family, which it was like expected that we were still going to yeah, get together. Yeah, it was expected that everything would happen, birthdays, fam, like everything. Like literally my sister's, you know, death day, like going to see her and visit and pay respects to her. I mean, even that, you know, that's outdoors. It's like, well, it was rainy. You remember? Like it was still super rainy that day. So I just want to bring this up. I find this interesting. I have an Apple news spotlight four minutes ago that says the pandemic is ending. <laughs> so I just think that's, wow. a, that's an interesting like headline to see while we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it feels good. <laughs> and damn, it feels good, babies. Hey, I realize the, that we have a lot of ways, you know, lift just, a glass, lift, lift your, glass, lift yeah. your favorite cold beverage. <laughs> you cheers. fucking made it, dude. You did it. <laughs> We out here, baby. We alive. Shout out to Louie again. Big Louie with that. One of my favorite yeah. things. We out here, baby. We yeah, alive. Louise, we say that a lot. Well, well I, have a 30, I have a 35 second video from Electric Forest on like Friday or Saturday morning where Luis is, we're on a playground out in backwoods of Electric Forest and he's out here going down a slide, you know, and we're out here getting it. But yeah, so shout out again. I very, very much miss you. Uh, miss everybody and we're almost there we're creeping into it we're crawling on our hands and knees through the thick of it you know and i love to hear that even like the media is shaping the the notion that it's it's coming to an end i know other people have felt it for a while but uh personally lydia and i haven't and we're finally feeling it and so it feels like freedom freedom thank god almighty i'm free and yeah uh so let's let's shift gears you know let's come into our fourth act and let's shift gears toward the bright side of this suffering um because it very much was in a lot of ways again we touched on it earlier with the 532,000 people have died in the u.s alone 30 million um but getting back on track with our like relationships we have built relationships or or um become closer with so raise your glasses high for the relationships you've gotten to keep alive if you've gotten to keep alive in your bubble and stuff and you've gotten to grow and, and with those people i very much i'm happy for you and um again shout out to mitch i wouldn't know what to do with a mitch without a mitch i should say because without also him, with a mitch i don't know what to do with him yeah i don't know what to do with him either yeah he's just you know he's one of those guys no but like in all seriousness i mean we made that decision that like, again, that's our principles to, to keep the, our bubble so, so small, but it, it was, there was many great experiences listening to records together, drinking together, staying up late, watching fun movies, funny movies together, making drinking games out of movies to the pest, you know, even just a recent memory, um, just so much, uh, to, to say about Mitch and our experiences we got to share with him, none at a live show, none at a, with a crowd of 10, 20, 50 or more, like 10,000 people, but all in our living room or his place or our backyard. So 
Yeah, so I think to kind of cap this whole conversation off is something, uh, one of the other things I've been thinking about and something to celebrate and just remember are the things that block. So on one hand, we have th- we have relationships that kind of fell apart, like painful, painful things that have sort of slowly disintegrated basically because of your lack of face-to-face contact it's not to say that there's not like a relationship still there it's, it's just not that, to say that there's it's it, just that the connection is there's still like some roots underneath the ground you just of gotta course. nurture it now uh, now that we can 100 percent. so but the past year i just mean you haven't seen a lot from a lot of people etc but on the flip side of that there i've been like i even you know read some accounts of like a lot of people who feel like they they have some relationships that have blossomed right yeah so because the fact that we didn't see basically anyone other than mitch like i mean like you already said like our relationship with mitch completely blossomed into just like yeah i mean best friends for life kind of a thing yeah um like he was he was just kind of like our partner through all this and we're just like basically that was our that was our socializing was basically mitch we did see gail and trey off and on not as much because again gail gail is um gail is a nurse she's in healthcare industry so for a lot of that like it was just sort of like playing it safe and you know, we didn't know a lot about the pandemic, especially. I would first, say on so. average, we did maybe one thing every six to eight weeks where it's like an event, like we've said in the middle of the pod, like at, uh, act two or three, where it's just like, you know, we are getting tested, isolated. And then we see like a group of like three to four to six people, yeah. you know, and it's just it. So again, for the most part, Mitch, like yeah. Mitch, Mitch was like our if if we wanted to do something social, like Mitch was going to come over like on Saturday. Yeah. Or whatever. And I mean, Mitch will probably come over tonight, you know, like just how it, <laughs> how it ends up. But we are at the tail end. We know we know. The, uh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. So I in addition to that, I've also read accounts of like people really blossoming with their like long, long distance friends. And I would completely agree with that. So like, ironically, you would think like I wouldn't have seen Becca a lot this year, but I've actually seen Becca a handful of times just because of the circumstances that are going on. And I zoom with her like frequently because she's just really happy hour. Becca and Lydia happy hour. (laughs) Totally. And she, and she's just been there for me and she's been going through some things this year too. Like she's a teacher, for example, and she's been going through a lot of ups and downs and I've been there for her. And so like our relationship has blossomed. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't, not that like we're, we are good friends, but I just mean, I don't think it would have blossomed into what it is now if it wasn't for the pandemic. So there are things that like I'm not saying, oh, thank God for the pandemic. No, no, no. But I just mean there is a silver lining, and there are things that a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people, would take away from the pandemic as like life lessons that they wouldn't have learned otherwise, friendships maybe that they wouldn't have had otherwise, um, you know, good things in general that have happened this past year that maybe they can at least pull from a time of grief and suffering as being a good thing that you know they're going to be able to leave this crazy year with. Yeah. We didn't even touch on a few things that happened over the course of the year that during a pandemic like George Floyd, uh, we're coming up on one year on George Floyd and his his state just won $27 million against the uh, Minneapolis Police Department. You know, we're not even touching on... Yeah, probably a different episode, maybe. No, no, no. no. Yeah, and I would love (laughs) to have a different cast or a different crew on. That's another thing that this podcast is. It's, It's not just Lydia and I. The happy hour is inviting of all people and all of all ethnicities, all gender and everything you know like all your choices sexual orientation etc etc i want to bring in all of our friends but what i'm trying to get at is like we there's so many more aspects of the pandemic we i think we touched on a lot that um 
people were going through and a lot of suffering that we had to deal with and friendships and and relationships and family and like a lot of um, things that were just constant like reminders like oh my god like when this is all over you know there's gonna be some zoomers there's gonna be some big zoom where it's like everyone's out there busting a cap and everyone's having kids left and right like i just mean like seriously like people are gonna be so excited and ecstatic to be out in the public and at bars and at restaurants and being together again and like it's yeah just, who said it isolation vaccination celebration yeah yeah well that? no isolation 2020 vaccination 2021 <laughs> 2022 celebration but we're gonna be able to do it a little bit earlier thanks to the momentum that we have gotten from the the government or, or whatever it is uh, where we have a vaccination now for every adult starting may 1 at least yeah, that's the goal the goal the goal in some yeah, states so- are gonna be able to hit that and hit hit it quicker we're at a point where it's like we we're at the end, tail end and we're we're here so cheers thank you for joining us this week for episode one of sean and lydia happy hour we hope you had a cold beverage or whatever your uh, poison of choice is so raise your glasses high and in closing i'm going to toss it to lydia but raise your glasses high cheers everybody cheers sean and lydia happy hour thank you again and i'll toss it to you lid so close us out yeah, so I, I think the point of all of this and where I'd like to leave the listeners at home off is that this past year, we've all experienced the loss of life, the loss of jobs, the loss of hobbies, but you're also completely seen and validated in the losses that you were probably feeling with friendships and relationships that you had with your family. And I think that you should be filled with hope to know that we're at the end of all of this and that if you lead with love and forgiveness... I think a lot of that will come back to you. Yeah, 100%. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Sean and Lydia Happy Hour. I'm Sean S. Johnson on all the channels. Lydia's L-Y-D-D-Z on Instagram. And this has been Sean and Lydia Happy Hour, episode one. And we out. Cheers. Cheers. Always. Love always. Lead with love always. And we out. I'm gonna need to drink some water. Like, I'm kind of drunk. Aren't you a little drunk? Yeah.